Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. It's according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context, where we are helping believers be equipped for kingdom life in the context of the culture and the local church. Hey, I'm glad you're with me today. I want to minister to you today on one of my favorite things, if you're allowed to have favorites, and that's 2 Corinthians 8, 12. I want to read this to you because to me, this is a life-altering paradigm, and I think it needs to be shouted from the housetops. I want to read this to you, and then I'm going to take a little time and, and share some insight, okay? Uh, and it reads simply this, if the readiness is present It is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. That's 2 Corinthians 8, 12. God says he measures us on what we have, not on what we don't have. Now, obviously, this text is talking about money, but that principle certainly would apply to any area of our life, our wisdom, our education, our time, our availability, our skills, our relationships. When God looks at you, he does not look at you as a proverbial half-empty cup. God looks at what you do have. And when God calls you or asks you to do something, he knows what you have. He doesn't get amnesia and say, oh, that's right. I shouldn't call that person because, you know, they don't have this education or They don't have this great background, or they don't have these certain kind of gifts. I made a mistake calling them. Obviously, I'm being facetious, but, you know, that's the way I see people act all the time, as if God didn't know what he was doing. God measures you on the basis of what you do have, and one of your jobs is to find out what God has given you in Christ. That's where you start. You've got to live out of your second birth. And then that translates into your first birth as well, where you start looking at your life not as being in need, but having divine opportunities that God wants to give you. When I was pastoring years ago, I we did a curriculum that I kind of created, I did create it, called the Get Out of Debt Club, okay? And I basically walked people through biblical principles, and we... Ha- generated a spirit of faith according to the word of God. So it wasn't just a numbers crunching exhibition, but part of it was teaching people how to believe God to get out of debt and have a vision of getting out of debt for more than just so they could buy something nicer. Okay. It was, you know, so they could do something radical for God. And I would start the class all the time with this question. I would say, how many of you this Sunday would like to write a $10,000 check for missions or for a building fund or for whatever we had going on at the time. And of course, everybody's hand shot up. I said, okay, I'm going to teach you how to be able to do that. And you need to keep that as your vision. If you keep that as your vision, being able to give more, then God, I think, will empower you to use what you have not what you don't have. Remember, that's what 2 Corinthians 8 says. 
God is not measuring you by what you don't have. He's measuring you by what you do have. So then my second thing was this. I said, okay, take out a piece of paper. Take out a piece of paper. And uh, I want you to write down everything you have. And there would be silence for a minute and some people would start writing and then invariably, you know, the pencils and pens would drop and people would look at me like a deer in the headlights and somebody would blurt out, we'll be here all day. And sometimes there'd be a question like, what do you mean by everything? I'd say, well, do you have a book? Do you have a pillow? Do you have silverware? Do you have, and they'd be like, we'll be here all day. I said, okay, lesson learned. That's exactly my point. Because often we're thinking about the new car we don't have, the vocation or the vacation we couldn't take. We're thinking about what we're not able to do financially, and we're discounting what we really do already have. And when you don't understand that, you can't make progress. You know, that's the reason companies do inventory, or they should do inventory, so they understand what they have. And the reason I exercised that point was for several reasons. Number one, to emphasize this principle, But number two, to emphasize this fact, the biggest lie about money is this, if I only had more. That is the biggest single lie, okay? The truth is, if I had more money, I could do more things. Here's the lie. That's not measurable in many cases. In other words, if I only had more money, but you've got more money than you had before, and what happened? If I only had more money, I could get out of debt. Yeah, there's some truth to that, but I think most people that understand budgets and most good financial managers will say, if you don't manage what you do have, adding more to it will usually only make the problem worse and not better. And this is what we focused in on the Get Out of Debt Club, helping people to manage what they did have and beginning to have a spirit of gratefulness for it and saying, you know, I really do have more than I thought they have. And most of these people, honestly, were struggling financially, most often because of decisions they made, not because of how much money they made, okay? Penny and I have lived at a level, you know, a middle-class level, probably an upper-middle-class level, and it's not because of how much money we made. It's been because of deciding that we weren't going to be in debt, We were always going to put our giving first. And when God asked us to do something, we weren't going to pull our pockets inside out and show God what we didn't have when he already knew that ahead of time. It's according to what a man has, not according to what he does not have. I'm not going to apologize to you about being passionate about this. This is a life-changing principle. And maybe somebody listening today, maybe you need to get the paper and pencil out and start writing out what you do have. And while you're trying to get out of debt instead of wishing for more money, saying, okay, I'm going to make every dollar count. You know, to this day, I don't buy $4 cup of coffees. I don't buy $5 cup of coffees. My kids, oh, dad, loosen up. You can afford it. I said, being able to buy it is not the question. Is it what I want to do with my money? I want to be the guy that can write the $10,000 check. So because of that, I'm going to manage my money well. I'm going to squeeze it well. I'm going to put Abe and George, those guys hanging around in my wallet, I'm going to put them to work for me. And it's a freeing, freeing understanding to know this. Now, remember the parable, the talents Jesus gave, you know, one talent to one guy, two talents to another guy, five talents to another guy. 
So obviously Jesus wasn't a socialist. He didn't give the same amount to everybody. And, and what the guy with two towns did and the guy with five towns did, they invested it. The guy with two towns didn't say, well, I don't have five towns. So he, so he invested his. The guy with one town, however, did that. He said, I don't have two towns. I guess that's what he said because he buried it because he was afraid of God. He was afraid to give anything. He was afraid to sow anything because he didn't understand the character of God and who God was. And so what we've got to understand is that money, adding money to a bad situation is not a cure-all. You know, let me just give you a cultural illustration. How about education? You know, since I was old enough to vote, all I've heard about, okay, from one party in particular, is we just need more money for education. We just need more money for education. You know, there are school districts in America, listen to this, where they have almost $30,000 per student in funding. Now, that's not all spent on the students. They, the administrators are making six figures and they're taking, you know, great educational trips and they have plush offices and so on and so forth, okay? So it's not all going to education. In most cases around here, I think where I'm at, it's about $15,000 per student. Let's face it. You give $15,000 per student to a private school, and they're going to make hay out of that. So the educational system proves that just throwing money at a problem doesn't make it better. Sometimes it makes it worse. It makes it fatter. It doesn't make it leaner. It doesn't make it cleaner. It doesn't make it more focused. And the same is true with your money, okay? That's why a budget is so important. That's one of the reasons why tithing, the first 10%, is so critical because God is teaching you not to live on 100%. At minimum, you're going to live on 90 and you're going to start giving out of that. Very, very important. You know, here's the baseline of that principle. It's not according to what a man does not have. It's according to what he does have. When God asks you to do something, he's not asking you to do what someone else can do. See, I'm at a stage in life when, when I hear a need, my stage in life has changed. I can do more than I used to do. So the equation has changed. And the greatest, you know, givers on earth are people that understand they may not be able to do everything, but they can do something. What can I do? And a lot of times people sit in church with their arms folded thinking, well, that guy over there, he could write a big check or that lady over there, she's got a great business, she could do something. And they discount themselves they literally take themselves out of the equation. You know, the guy that's playing special teams, he just wants to get on the field. <laughs> he, he, you know, he might want to be a starting linebacker, but he's not yet. But he's going to be on special teams. He's going to contribute what he can contribute. And he might only get in the games, you know, six plays a game. He might not get 30 or 40 snaps or 50 snaps a game. But, you know, he's going to do the best. That relief pitcher that comes out of the bullpen, you know, he might have to face three batters. That pinch hitter that's coming in, you know, he's going to get three swings. You know, it's not according to what he does not have. It's according to what he does have. Begin to look at your life in this context. I'm telling you, 
It is freeing. It is fun. It puts you on the offensive. It is a game changer. It'll drive all the entitlement rate out of you. You'll want to be part of anything you can be part of, even if it's saying, I'm going to put a dollar in, but bless God, I'm going to be a part of it because God has given me something. And you begin to look at your own life and your own resources like that. You might not have much, but you share it. You might not have a lot of food, but you you divide it, okay? And and that's how, you know, we've learned to live. And I, I don't feel like we've sacrificed anything to live like that. I feel like the privilege has been ours. It's been all of ours to be able to do that. And, you know, as God gives us more, we just... We just up the ante, you know, we just we just invest more because the goal is not the American dream. The goal is kingdom exploits in Jesus' name. Dear my, my dear friend, it's not according to what you don't have. Stop measuring yourself by what you don't have. God does not feel sorry for you because of what you don't have. God is in love with you and he's giving you some things. He's going to measure when you stand before him only on what you have. Use what you have. Hey, Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context. Thank you for allowing me to share this life-changing principle with you. Why don't you pass it on to somebody else? When God looks at you, he doesn't see a half-empty cup. He sees what you do have. Your job is to figure out what God has given you in Christ. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to equip believers to lead in every area and venue of life. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. To contact Keith or ask him a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at NRPastors. See you next week.